Hello everyone and welcome to our 16th chapter of Tall and his marvelous adventures with Nooms or Noom. This is Miss Isla and I am so excited to keep reading because in every chapter we are hearing storytellers share their story to see if they will open the golden door. And whew, in our last chapter, we heard from Rapper Tep Tep, who did tell what I thought was a very good story about the Bantaguma and alas, the golden door did not open and at the end, Rapper Tep Tep was thrown into the dungeon. I'm getting a little bit nervous about Nooms or Noom and what story he will choose to tell the Golden Door. Let's see if this will be the chapter where Nooms or Noom tells his story or not. Chapter 16 Bra and the Story of Tarandar's secret. From the room where they were, all the other storytellers could hear just what happened to Rapper Tep Tep. And when at last his screams had died away down the hall, the oldest of the storytellers turned to Noomzor Noom and said, The king is in a bad humor tonight. You had better not risk going before him with the donkey. There is no telling what he may do. Let him do what he pleases, said Nooms or Noom. I'm only doing the best I can. I know that, said the man, whose name was Bra. But you saw what happened to Rapper Tep Tep. He too was doing the best he could. But it isn't very good, said Nooms or Noom. He shouldn't have behaved the way he did. Then you know how to behave better? asked Bra with a laugh. Well, yes, said Nooms or Noom. I sure hope I do. Then I'm surprised you even think of going before the king with a donkey. He won't stand for it a minute, said Bra. I only say this because I want to help you. As for myself, I don't really care what happens to me. I am too old to be worried by the thought of going to prison, but... You will just make a fool of yourself. Hardly had the man finished these words when the trumpet sounded once, twice. And Bra, the second storyteller, knew that his time had come to go before the king. He was a tall, thin man, and he was so old and bent that he leaned on two canes when he walked. In his long life, he'd heard a great many stories, and for this reason, he had been chosen by Tazarin to try to open the golden door. When he heard the trumpet sound, he thought to himself, I am old and have not much life left. It makes little difference whether I go to prison or not. He showed no signs of fear, and he did not tremble, but he went before the king calmly and quietly. He bowed his head, and he spoke to the king with great respect. He said, O king, in my long life I've heard many stories. This one that I'm going to tell tonight is the best of all that I have ever heard. It may open the door, and it may not. But in either case, I'm happy to have been honored with such a task as you have set before me. 
The king heard these words and said to the queen, I like this old man. I hope he shall succeed. Then he turned to Bra and said, We are ready to hear your story. May you succeed. If you don't, you must suffer the same penalty as the others. Bra said nothing. He bowed his head and raised it. Then, in a low, even voice, he began the story of Tarandar's secret. In a far-off country called Besh lived a king named Tarandar. For ninety years he'd been king, so that no one in Besh knew of any other ruler but Tarandar. All his people loved him because he ruled them well and made them happy. And everyone dreaded the day when this good king would rule no more. Tarandar was old. He had a long white beard and silvery hair. And when he walked, he leaned on a cane, for his legs were stiff and his back bent. So he spent most of his time sitting in the palace, where he looked after the welfare of his people and did all he could to make Besh the happiest kingdom in the world. But his mind was troubled for he had no son. He did not know who would take care of his country after he was too old to rule. This worried him much and made him very, very unhappy. One day, as he sat wondering about the future, he remembered a secret his father had told him. The old man had said, Tarandar, remember, should you have no son, recall the, the scroll. It is hidden behind a stone in the tower. Touch it not unless you have no children. If you have children and touch it, then you will die, and the kings of Besh shall rule no more. It was so long ago that his father had told him this that Tarandar had forgotten most of what he had said. While he thought of it, more and more came back to his mind. The scroll had been put in the tower wall by the first king of Besh, Ever since, for over a thousand years, it had lain there untouched by any king. All of the kings knew of it, but none had needed to consult it. The secret had been carefully kept and only passed on from father to son. For if the secret had become known to anyone else, the charm of the scroll would be broken. This much Tarandar knew. But what the charm was, and what was written on the scroll neither Tarandar nor any other king could say. At last, Tarandar decided to consult the scroll. One night, after everyone in the place had gone to bed, he took a lantern and started up the tower stairs. They were narrow and steep and wound up and up like a corkscrew. Every few steps, Tarandar had to stop, for his legs grew tired and he was out of breath. Finally, he reached the top and entered a small round room. It had nothing in it but a bed, and the walls were made of blocks of blue stone. When Tarandar held up his lantern to look at the bed, he saw that the blankets and sheets reflected everything just like a mirror. So he set his lantern on the bed, and the light was scattered all over the room. Then he sat to work to look for the scroll. Round and round he went wrapping each stone with the end of his cane. Rap, 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 rap. All the stones, stones sounded the same, solid and hard. Again he went round. Rap, 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 
rap, rap. This time, he thought he found one that sounded a bit hollow. So he struck it again to make sure. Then he struck the one next to it so as to compare the sounds. After this, he was satisfied. There was a difference. So he pressed the palm of his hand flat against the stone to feel it. What was his surprise when his hand stuck? He started to pull it away, and the stone swung open like a little door. There, right before his eyes, was a golden scroll lying in the hole all tied up with a silver ribbon. He took it out, untied it, and unrolled it, and spread it out on the bed by the lantern. On it, written in beautiful jeweled letters, was this. Ali Mali Beshi, Karanda Karanda Karanda, Meshi True Migam, Ina Stella, Ina Dima, Ina Kreska, Meshiaga Lunta, Agacha. In our language, this means, O oh, childless king of Besh, greetings, greetings, greetings. Take three snowflakes, one a star, one a diamond, one a crescent. Take water from the river Lunta, drink. Tarandar learned the writing by heart. Then he put the scroll back where he had found it. He pushed the stone into place, took his lantern, and went back down the stairs. For many days and many nights, Tarandar pondered over what he'd read. He could see but one meaning in it. He was to mix the snowflakes with the water and drink. But where he was to get the snowflakes and how he was to get the water were questions he could not answer. There was a river called Lunta, but it was so far away and so high up in the mountains that few people had ever been there. He knew the river ran through snow and ice. He didn't know what shapes the snowflakes were. Even if they were the right shapes, how could they be brought back here to him without melting? He couldn't go to where they were. He was too old now, too weak. At last, after much thought, he decided to send men to the river Lunta to see what they could see. So he called together the bravest in all the kingdom and spoke his wish. When the men heard it, they were sad, for they did not think it possible to carry out Tarandar's wish. But they loved him so much that they said they would go. Tarandar fitted out a hundred men with all they could possibly need and sent them off to the Lunta. For a whole year, no word was heard from the men. Finally, they came back thin and worn out. They told the king they had seen the river. It was all purple and so cold that none of them could go near it to say nothing of getting in the water. As for the snowflakes, they had found every shape but the three the king wanted. When the king heard this, he was sad. He did not know what to do. So he called for more men and again sent 100 off. They too went away for a year and came back with news that they had found some star-shaped flakes, but they couldn't bring them back because they melted. Then the king sent off a hundred more. They found the diamond-shaped flakes, but were not able to bring them back without melting. Finally, a hundred more men went and came back with the news that they had finally found the crescent-shaped flakes. So Tarndar knew the snowflakes could be had, if only some way might be devised of getting them back before they melted. Already four years had passed by, and Tarndar was becoming very, very old. 
and he had wasted so much money fitting out the men that his people began to think him mad. They could not understand what on earth he wanted of the snowflakes and the water from this purple river. He is getting old and foolish, they said. He will waste all of the money in the kingdom before he is through. They began to grumble and complain. They refused to pay him any more attention to his requests, and no more men offered themselves to go to the river Lunta. But Tarandar was not to be discouraged. He called for his goldsmith and said to him, Make me a big gold jug, just as big as a man can carry. When you make the stopper, make that of gold, too. Only hollow it out and make a lid for it, so that it will be like a box. But it must fit the neck of the jug exactly. This you do, and have it ready for me tomorrow. The goldsmith obeyed the king's orders. All day and all night he worked. And by the next morning he had made such a jug with just such a stopper as Tarandar had asked for. Without saying a word to anyone, Tarandar took the jug, put it on his shoulder, and went out of the palace. When the people of Besh saw their king walking through the street burdened with a heavy load, they ran up to him and said, O oh, king, what is the matter that you must carry so heavy a load? You are too old for such work. Let us help you. Tarandar said, I've asked men to go to the Lunta, and they refused. Now I am going myself. It is only for your own good that I want what I want. When the people heard this, they were ashamed. They thought that if Tarandar went away, he would never come back. They said, As many men as you want will go to the Lunta. Only you stay here. We cannot live without you. The king said, As you wish, so I shall do. But I want a thousand men to go to the Lunta. Nine hundred of these are to carry wood as near the Lunta as possible. They are to build a fire so that the other hundred men may be kept warm while they go to the river's edge and fill this jug with water. After the jug is filled, let them get the snowflakes and put them inside the stopper. The cold of that water will keep the flakes from melting. This is what I want done. Will you do it? Straight away, a thousand men offered themselves to go. The king gave them the jug, fitted them out, and sent them off. A year later, they returned, with their task complete. Everything the king wished for, they brought back. The water was in the jug, and the snowflakes were in the gold stopper. When Tarandar saw this, he was very happy. He thanked the men for all they had done, and promised them that they would be rewarded. Tarandar's first thought was to have the jug taken up to the tower room, but he did not dare ask anyone to do it, lest his secret should be found out. So in the night he tried to lift the jug himself, but the water had made it so heavy that he could hardly move it, let alone carry it upstairs. However, after a great deal of work, he lifted it up one step. There he had to leave it, for he was so tired he could do no more. From then on, night after night, Tarandar moved his jug one step higher. All the time, the people of Besh were becoming anxious to know what had been the purpose of sending men to Lunta with this jug of gold. And all the time, Tarandar was becoming older and weaker. But 
He stuck to his task and struggled with the jug, and no one knew what agony the poor old king went through every night. At last, he neared the top. Then his strength failed him. For nearly a month, he had, been, he had to be content to leave the jug where it was. He thought he would never reach his goal. Finally, he did, however, and with one last effort, he lifted the jug into the room and slid it over by the bed. Then he went downstairs, too tired to do anything that night, but his mind made up that on the next morning he would learn the secret of the scroll. At midnight the next night, Tarandar, lantern in hand, mounted to the tower room. He looked everywhere for the scroll. It had gone. He tried to remember everything that had been written on it, and a voice in the room whispered the words to him. Then there was a dead silence. He looked around, but could see no one. So he sat down on the bed and took the golden stopper out of the jug. He opened it and found the snowflakes all there. He poured some purple water out of the jug onto them. At once they melted, and the water became warm. Next he put the golden stopper to his lips and drank. With the first swallow he became very sleepy. And by the time he had taken three swallows, he fell back on the mirrored bed and went sound asleep. When Tarndar woke up, his lantern had burnt out and the sun was shining in the windows of the round room. At first, he did not know where he was or what had happened to him. He felt for his beard. It had gone. Stranger still, all his clothes seemed so big and loose. Instead of being old and stiff, he could move his legs freely and easily. There were no wrinkles on his skin, no aches in his joints. In fact, he felt a great desire to run and jump. Then he remembered that the clothes on the bed acted like mirrors. So he rolled over and looked at himself in the pillow. One look was enough to show him that he had turned into a boy again. His hair was brown and his cheeks were red, and in his eyes was that same twinkle he used to have when he was young. He jumped up from the bed and ran downstairs as fast as he could. When the people in the palace saw him, they all knew that Tarandar had turned into a boy. The news spread throughout the kingdom, and all the people in the land of Besh rejoiced, happy in the thought that their good king Tarandar could begin to rule all over again. When Bra came to the end of his story, he looked up and knew that the king and queen had been greatly pleased. He could see by their faces that they still hoped there was more of the story to be told. So he said, that is the end. King Tarandar became a boy and began to rule all over again. So the people of Besh continued to be happy. The king said, it is too bad that your story has ended. I wish there were more. I really like it. The queen sighed and said, so do I. How fortunate the people of Besh were to have their king grow young again. Bra said nothing. He stood still with his head down and his eyes on the floor. The king and the queen and the courtiers watched for the golden door to open, for they really hoped that the story of Tarndar's secret might be successful. But the longer they waited, the clearer it became that Bra had failed.
He knew this as well as the others. After a while, he looked up at the king and said, I have failed just as the others have failed. Tell the guards to take me. The door may open yet, said the king, hopefully. Let us wait a little longer and see. No, said Bra, there's no use. It must be that I'm too old to know what kind of story a child would like. I don't think so, said the king. That story of yours should please anyone. But it hasn't pleased the door, said Bra. Let me go to prison. What, said the king, you want to go to prison? It makes no difference, said Pra. My life is nearly done with anyhow. I may as well die in prison. When the king heard in what way Bra spoke, he felt sorry for the old man. In his own heart, he would have liked to sh have shown him mercy, but this he could not do. So he ordered the guards to take Bra away, and they took him away and cast him into the dungeon.